Welcome to Singling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. An update on many ministers that we have associated with us there in Africa and India as well, Pakistan and many other nations. But on the continent of Africa and India, we have over 2,000 ministers there that have joined us since 2012. In 2012, we began an outreach there going to Africa, first to Ghana and then to Kenya. And that's overthrowing the damnable heresies of a Trinity person of God, three persons. And those being a triune God that there's no scripture for that. We've had the updates there and from the minister saying that there's a great move of God that they are experiencing experiencing there in Africa that many are turning to the one God Jesus only doctrine of Christ and forsaking the very synods and ecumenical councils of man that brought in these perverse things as spoken in Jude Jude states that we're to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints very few understand what that faith was that was delivered to the saints. The faith, basically, and the foundation of faith is Christ, the Son of the living God. But we have set aside the doctrine of Christ and brought in various doctrines of men rather than the doctrine of Christ, and that makes it something in lieu of Christ or an antichrist. The very doctrine of Christ is very simple. Christ is every office of the Spirit. That is, Christ is that Spirit that all the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Now that's a capital S. Christ is that Spirit, always has been the Spirit, and always will be that Spirit that I am, Jesus said. There in Matthew 17, on the foundational rock of the church, that you have to dig deep to find uh, that rock. There are many different levels of sand, and the sand depicts the various doctrines of man. It's shifting, and you go from one denomination to another, and they will have their ideas and apologetics of what they deem the gospel of Jesus Christ to be. Most will say that there is one God but three persons in this Godhead, and they've been duped into believing that there are three persons in one Godhead. That is, that it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Now, this was given to us in 325 A.D. under the Emperor Constantine. Now, we had Caesar Neron, Caligua, the various emperors that came against the body of Christ, and we know that as Ciro, as Caesar Nero played his violin, that Rome burned and then turned it the blame upon the Christians, and by doing so, sealed his own fate in hell. They're coming against the body of Christ, and even we have our apostle Paul, and in body via Ossiensis, having his head chopped off, there going his departure to the Lord. 
And we have a historical account that when Paul went, that the soldiers that accompanied Paul, even that they saw and felt the power of God, that they too became Christians and were also killed along with Paul because of their faith toward God. Now, Paul, many have said, were trying to deliver Paul from his beheading. And the Apostle Paul said, no, leave him alone, that it was time for his departure, and he was going on to be with the Lord, that he's fought a good fight, he's kept the faith, therefore there's a crown of life there that is for him, and not only for him, but for all those that love his appearing. There we have Peter, Augur Vaticanus, that is, he the circus of Rome, that Peter was leaving Rome, and he was running, uh, there being forewarned that they were going to kill him. He was in harm's way, so Peter, the historical account, had left Rome, and during his departure, the angel of the Lord appeared to Peter and spoke to him that we see in the book of Hebrews that they crucify afresh again the Son of God whenever, and that scripture alludes uh, some of the, of the meaning of that scripture. Notice that he says, and uh, doing it, Hebrews 6, that those that uh, uh, come against the body of Christ. They want to crucify afresh again the Son of God. He talks about those that fall away. And if uh, uh, we continue on walking in the light as he's in the light, and that's present truth, proceeding word. It's not just we have salvation, we've obeyed one scripture, and we're saved. It begins a walk. It's not that in totality. It begins a walk in the Lord Jesus Christ that has to be obeyed under righteousness. And that doctrine that once saved, always saved, is a lie. Now, anyone that reads the Word of God knows that simply because it's stated that Jesus said, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, they were used in the gifts of God. Matthew 7, Jesus stated that and said only those that do the will of God will be able to enter and obtain the kingdom of heaven. Then many will profess unto Jesus. The Lord said so. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in thy name. Now, Jesus said they would come in my name and these are working miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. We've done many wonderful works in thy name, and in thy name we've cast out devils, and in thy name we prophesied. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Now, iniquity is lawlessness. They were born again. Now, that is the, the foundational truth that they were born of the water and the Spirit and called him Lord. They had went from babies to little children. And we know that because in John's epistle, 
1 John 2, 12-14, John states, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. They are born again. And he states again, I write unto you, little children, because you know the Father. To know the Father is to call Jesus Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory. These know that he is the Lord. And Jesus states that, but not all that's saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now that should tell us that we are to fear before God and walk softly before him, pressing toward the mark for the prize of calling God in Christ Jesus in doing the particular will of God for each one of our lives. Now he has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That is to accomplish and enable us to do what he's called each individual member in particular to do. And that's where he states that we are to know the voice of God, not the lambs, not the newborn babes, not even little children, but those that are sheep. They've grown and my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. Follow the leading of the Holy Ghost the Christ that's in them, that there's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. But we have uh, forsaking that truth and hewed out cisterns that can hold no water, broken cisterns at the well. Very basically that Jesus is the Lord God Almighty and even the ones that know that. Jesus said there's still more to come. Matthew 7, not all that's saying to me, Lord, Lord, We'll be able to enter the kingdom of heaven only those that do the will of God. And he states that I never knew you. They prophesied in his name. They did wonderful works in his name. And in the name of Jesus, they had cast out devils. Howbeit, they did not accomplish the will of God in their life. They did not know or did not heed the leading of the Holy Ghost and the voice of God, leading them and guiding them into all truth, into the perfect measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Now, they, we are told that that is not essential for salvation. But yes, it is. Jesus stated that in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So we are to stir ourselves up to come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to do hunger and thirst after righteousness, and we will be filled. But righteousness requires obedience to the leading of the Holy Ghost. We see that in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey. You have the Holy Ghost. You have Christ in you. You have the leading. And we are to press toward that mark for the prize, of that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But very few understand that calling. The calling is perfection, full maturity, full maturity weaned from the milk and on the meat and a full age. Paul tells us the same thing in Hebrews 6. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, full grown, weaned from the milk, having our senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. And he said, not laying again, 
the foundation of faith toward God. Repentance from dead works, the doctrine of uh, baptisms and of laying on of the hands and of the resurrection and eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Let us go on to perfection. Then notice the warning that he says in Hebrews 6. He warns us and says, uh, and this will we do. And he goes on and says, and uh, those that have uh, been enlightened with the heavenly gifts, Christ in you, the hope of glory, been baptized with the Holy Ghost and that with fire, that it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and tasted of the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they fall away. Now, God will not pull his grace from us, but we can depart from the grace of God. We can fall from grace. We can fall away. And it's stated that by Paul to his young son and the Lord, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4.1, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, not all, but some. Just as Jesus said, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those that do the will of God. Then, if they fall away, and they've had this Holy Ghost, they've tasted the powers of the world to come, and this grace that they have in being born again. If they fall away, turn back to the world again, putting their hand to the plow, and looking back, are not fit for the kingdom of God. It's very straightforward that if they fall away, to renew them again under repentance. There's no repentance there. Now, we know that we are told that those that are born of God, that we are not to sin. But if any man do sin, I run to you that you sin not. But if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, the man, Christ Jesus. Howbeit, those that sin willfully, after being reproved many times, not just once or twice, stiffens their neck and hardens their heart, will be cut off and that without remedy. We turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, unlawful affections, uh, setting our affections on the things below rather than the things above. The things of faith are above, which leads us into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man, unto perfection, full maturity. And those are the only ones that's going to be able to enter the kingdom of heaven, as stated by Jesus in Matthew 7. Then he says, seeing, watch this, in Hebrews 6, verse 6. What did they do? They fell away from that grace. God didn't fall away. His love for them is uh, unilateral. It is always there. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. But we, as believers, can separate ourselves from the word and the love of God simply by disobedience and being often reproved, chastened from the Lord, and not not adhering to that, not obeying that, not being instructed in the ways of righteousness, we count ourselves unworthy of eternal life. 
And he states that, that if you do fall away after you have known the powers of the world to come and tasted of the heavenly gift and partakers of the Holy Ghost, that it is impossible to renew them again unto repentance. Therefore, we should fear before God. Seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh. What? And put him to an open shame. Because now, somebody said, well, how can that be? Well, take a look at what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. I was crucified with Christ. That's what you did in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Peter, Paul, all of them were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You see that with Paul expressly in the book of Acts after he's giving his account and telling that on that road to Damascus, he saw a great light. That light is the Lord Jesus Christ and that great light about noonday that shone brighter than the sun and blinded him. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? Jehovah God Almighty, who are you? That same that Jesus said in Matthew 7, that not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. They were born again. They were newborn, not only babes, but little children in God, knowing that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, calling him Lord, and no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Well, Paul, it's seen that great light. Who art thou? Lord, who art thou, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, knowing that he was seeing God, that consuming fire, the light of God, and God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Paul was seeing it. He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now he spoke to him in the Hebrew tongue. I am Yeshua, that is Jesus. And therefore, now Paul has not only seen the Lord, but he has a revelation in the name of Jesus that he is the only Lord God Almighty. He is Christ. And he's told what he is to do. He's going to be an example of long suffering and an apostle to the Gentiles. Not only that, Ananias comes to him later on and heals him of his blindness after three days. Here's a man that has seen God the great light. Not only that, he has a revelation of the name Jesus, the name of the Father of glory, the God Almighty, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, whose name is Jesus, the revealed name of God Almighty, the blood name of God, the redemptive name of God Almighty. Not only that, he knows his calling. He will call to be an apostle there, not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles and he's healed of his blindness, and still his sins remain. And I said, Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Saul turned Paul of Tarsus. Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Now that's a newborn babe. Paul was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Same with Peter. But we notice that when Peter was uh, 
fleeing from Rome and Caesar Nero, literally crucifying Christians by the thousands, burning them at the stake as he rode through his garden in his chariot, lighting the Christians up for a night light, throwing them in the lion's den in the arena of Rome to be eaten alive and torn apart by savages, the lions, all that he did in cruelty against the Christians and the faith that was once delivered to the saints, dying for the Lord their God. Peter, having left Rome, running from there, sparing his life, meets an angel in the way and says, Peter, return back to Rome because you are needed there. And it is very important to what he says to Peter at that time, the apostle Peter, that wrote the epistle of First and Second Peter. And there, through the book of Acts, we have a great account of the keys being given to the kingdom to Peter. Turn back and go back to Rome because you're needed there. And I will be crucified again. What? He told Peter, you'll be crucified. They will crucify me again. Crucify me? Well, Lord, you've already been crucified. Will they crucify again afresh the Son of God? How do they do that? Anytime that you come against the people, the people of God, the servants of God, having their Father's name taken on them through baptism of whom the whole body of the Lord Jesus is named in heaven and in earth, and you come against them, and you you mortify them, crucifying them there on a cross, as with Peter, that you are literally crucifying again afresh the Son of God. Most don't understand that. They think they can rail on the body of Christ, say any manner of things against them, and say, Rekha, thou fool! And they're okay. Because they deem themselves more holy in their own, in their own light that they walk in the light of their own holiness. Or they say, thou fool! Jesus said, you're in danger of hellfire, calling your brother a fool. Well, when you crucify a man, a woman of God that's called by the name of Jesus, having the Holy Ghost, partakers of that heavenly gift, uh, partakers of the Holy Ghost, taste of the powers of the world to come, and you come against their railing accusations against them, then you're crucifying afresh again the Son of God and will be held accountable. We are not to call Rekha, you're in danger of the council. Or to say to your brother, thou fool, you're in danger of hell fire. Crucifying again afresh the Son of God because it is noteworthy. And we have to understand that the body of Christ is the body which is of Christ. It's his body. When you shed the blood of a believer in the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ, that have been born again of the water and the spirit, who have repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, born of the water, and have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, 
and they are born again. They are newborn babes of Jesus, and you crucify one of them or rail against them. You're railing against Christ because they're dead unto sin and alive unto God because of the spirit of Christ that is in them. Paul stated in Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ. He was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We see that in the book of Acts. Calling upon the name of the Lord, washing away his sins. And there, he said, I was crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Well, then who lives, Paul? Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What is that? What's the faith? The faith that was given to Paul, to every believer general that he, Jesus Christ, is the only Lord God, the Father of glory, and he is confessed as the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and that's not with an intellectual consent with a spoken word of the intellect, but with the heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if I confess with my mouth the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, Jesus, and believe in my heart, having my heart circumcised by baptism, the body that sins of the flesh cut off by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, then, I am a newborn child of God. And now I have the leading of the Holy Ghost in me. And I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow from a newborn babe to a little child, little children. And I'll know then the revelation of Jesus that he is the Father of glory, the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. I don't stop there. That's why Jesus is stating in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Matthew 7, that they are little children, but... They've got to go on and do the will of God. Now the quest for life is that after you've been born again and you know that Jesus is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory, you're not duped in a false doctrine of a damnable heresy of a Trinity doctrine, that you go on and do the will of God. You understand the will of God by knowing his voice and obeying it under righteousness. Romans 6. Well, how do you know the voice of God? How do you know to do the will of God? Well, we're back to Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but you transform by the renewing of your mind. That's the mind of Christ. That you may, what? Know and prove the perfect will of God for your life and what it is. That's the only way to know and to hear the voice of God and obey it. That doesn't happen immediately. The newborn babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness. The word of righteousness is growing up into Jesus in all truth, in all things of faith. You see that in Hebrews 5. So what happened with Peter? Running from Rome, sees a new road destroying and and literally killing the Christians by the hundreds of thousands. There he was delivered. 
the angel says to Peter, turn and go back to Rome because I have need of you there. He's going to admonish many Christians to hold on to their faith and receive a just reward, sealing their testimony with their own blood, being slain as a mortar for the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they will crucify Peter upside down at the Augur Vanicatus, the Roman circus, as Peter will be uh, there, the main attraction. Requesting to be crucified upside down, saying I'm not worthy to be crucified as my Lord Jesus. What does it let us know? The angel said, for the Lord spoke to him. The Lord speaking to Peter for I must be crucified again. I must be crucified again. Yes. When you crucify a born-again believer in God, you're crucifying the Lord Jesus Christ again because each individual member in the body of Christ is an individual body, member of that body of Christ, and are bought with a price. The blood that flows through their veins are bought with Jesus' own blood. They've been redeemed. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. And whoever rails against them, calling them Rekha, thou, are in, uh, are in danger of the council. Whoever says you're fool, you fool, to the body of Christ are in danger of hellfire. You are blaspheming the body of Christ, which he purchased with his own blood. So we ought to provoke one another unto good works. We are to esteem our brother higher than ourselves. We perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. 1 John 3.16 Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, not rail against our brethren, not click and speak evil against one another, but to love as he loved us. We literally laying down our lives for one another in the body of Christ. In the last days, there will be such a great persecution that some will be delivered up to death. We're told in the book of the Revelation, some will be cast into prison for 10 days. You will have tribulation for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death. I'll give you a crown of life. We're saying that many will be crucifying the body of the, of the body of Christ again afresh to where the Lord says, you're crucifying again afresh the Son of God. Because that revelation is very simply, you are bone of his bone. You are flesh of his flesh. You are the body of the Christ, and you crucify or rail on or calling the body of Christ a fool. You're in danger of hellfire because they are Christ and belong to him. Christ is in them. The life they now live, they live by the faith of the Son of God that's been given to them, that Jesus has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Therefore, we ought to fear God and walk softly, and prefer our brethren above ourselves, and seek not our own, but another's wealth. Edify the body of Christ, enjoying there 
theirs, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, and so much the more, as we see that day approaching, the time of trouble, the night that's coming, in which no man can work. Work while it's day, because the night is far approaching upon the whole world. The earth, God will overturn, overturn, overturn it in judgment. And he's beginning to do it now. We've seen that judgment will increase as we see the coming of the day coming closer and closer. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. And the coming of the Lord, I gather together into him. Soon we will see a falling away first because of tribulation and persecution against the body of Christ. The true body of Christ will know their faith and their patience is secure in the Lord Jesus Christ as an anchor to their soul. When they're delivered up to be afflicted and some even being put to death, they will know that he that leads them to captivity will go into captivity for the Lord will judge them. And he that killed you with a sword, they also will be killed by the sword. Here's the faith and the patience of the saints. The patience of the saints, those that have gone on and they have sealed their testimony with their own blood in heaven, we see them under the fifth seal. Souls of them slain for the word of God, the testimony which they held, and precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Notice that they have patience. And their patience they will receive a full reward. And in their patience, they have possessed their souls. They're slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. They're under the altar in heaven, that altar of burnt offering. And they said, O Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before they avenge our blood upon them that dwell upon the earth? White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them. And it was said in my hearing, until your fellow servants and your brethren that should be killed as you were should be fulfilled. Know that we in the body of Christ have the love of God that is stronger than death. And death cannot separate you from the love of God. Therefore, as they turn to the Christian faith and hate, malice, doing everything they can to destroy the faith that was once delivered to the saints. God is restoring that faith now. The one God, Jesus, only doctrine of Christ, which we will be going into instructional videos on our website. That's www.jcic.tv and this instructional videos taking Christ from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, that Christ is every office of the Spirit of God. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He is El Shaddai, the Almighty. He is the omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent everywhere, Spirit of God. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He is that invisible spirit that was made visible in the Son of God, the Father revealed. 
Christ is the Son of the living God. Christ is the Son of Man. Christ is all offices, and we'll be doing this instructional video, and behold, the real Jesus, the Christ, the living God. That's the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. Tune in. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, we will be beginning tomorrow in the doctrine of Christ. And anyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 1 John 5, verse 1. Christ is every office. Yes, he is. Christ is God. Christ is every office of the Spirit of God. We see that in 1 John 2, 22. Basically, John in his epistle says, Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is anti-Christ, something in lieu of Christ. Because he has, uh, he's come against what? He's denied the Father and the Son. Denied it, yes. He that acknowledges the Son has the Father also, because the Son is the Father revealed. So who is a liar but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist, for he hath denied both the Father and the Son, because Christ is the Father, the invisible Spirit of God, and he is the Son, which is that invisible Spirit, made visible in the expressed image of the Father, in the Son of God. We'll discuss this in detail. And now, we pray that if God is speaking to you, let us hear from you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. There, download the free app, Sailing God's People. Invite your friends, the ones that love God and ones that want to go deeper in God, simply give them the podcast, Sailing God's People, the free app download for our daily podcast. Also, join me on jcic.tv on our website where we will go into instructional videos there on the present flowing truth in the throne room revelation of Jesus Christ as it's now being declared by the Holy Ghost to the body of Christ. That is jcic.tv. Register, get your username and password, and uh, there you can ask questions and give your comments. And follow us in these instructional videos. We'll also be alive, streaming every Sunday at 2 o'clock there. Also, you can message me at dennisbeard.org sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com. There we pray that if the Holy Ghost has bore witness with your spirit that this is a true word of God, we would like to hear from you. Join together for the edifying of the body of Christ coming into the unity of the faith in one body, knowing those that labor amongst us. Let us hear from you. There we pray for each one of you to be perfected in both spirit, soul, and body at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.